0: If he stole the money, I'd like to know where it
1: is. The story isn't credible. There's lies all over the place.
0: I'm asking you to believe in me instead of an article. Have we been duped by the lies? You ever call me a liar again?
1: I'm coming for you. You think those were empty threats? I don't care if they're empty threats.
0: Guess what, bitch? I'm not threatening, I'm promising. Look at me.
1: Oh, look at my life
0: have we been duped by the lies Ah, you guys that was a clip of the mid-season trailer for this season of the real houses beverly hills it's what's to come and i for one cannot wait i got goosebumps just watching it i think it was dynamic exciting and by the way the mid-season trailer for the real houses in york was also released this week and that was a different story i didn't have i didn't have quite the same ecstatic reaction as i did uh, watching the Beverly Hills trailer, and I gotta just say, it's uh, apples and oranges at this point. I mean, Beverly Hills is just delivering on a different kind of level. We got all this stuff going on with Bamboozle Jane, Tommy Two-Tones, on Real Houses in New York. I don't even know what they're doing. They're at they're in Salem, Massachusetts. So it looks like a beautiful place, um, but I don't know exactly what's going on there. Although this week, they did have that scene at the the psychic table. I don't know what we call that. It was like they were at a dinner table with a bunch of psychics, one named Marion or Sabrina, the the middle-aged psychic woman. I'm not sure. But uh it was a very good scene. I will give them that. And we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about this week's Real House of Beverly Hills. Before we get into any of that, though, i got to say, I am recording a little bit different style this week. I'm literally in the uh, dark corner of my apartment because we have some people working. We're living in, like, a prison of construction lately. And I know that there's worse things that could be happening. But they've been doing construction on the apartment unit above us. And today they had to come in uh To our apartment, they got to drill through a hole or dr- through a wall or something. So if you hear some drilling, like, I'm sorry, I don't know what to do anymore. It's like they're doing construction every day and now they're in the house, our house, doing the drilling. And I got to say, they were supposed to come. I got to tell you this quick story, quick little construction detour. So they were supposed to come into our apartment and they had warned us saying, we're going to have to drill a hole through your bathroom wall. So, of course, I go into the bathroom, I clean everything out, make sure there's enough room for the workers to get in there and all that. And then they come in and they let us know, oh, actually we don't have to go through the bath, and we're going to have to go through the closet. Now I immediately my stomach dropped, had to put on a Depends because I was worried. I knew it was in the closet. You know, the closet wasn't. We don't have a big walk-in closet. You know, it's just like a little closet, and I knew it was in there. It's not very organized, and the things in there are, uh, you know, a sight for the eyes. Um, very aggressive to the eyes. So these. These two workmen come in to look in the closet, and I'm having to like guide them there. And we're all masked now. You have to wear masks, and everything. so we're in the house masked, you know. So you can't even really understand each other as we're trying to talk. So I bring them into the closet, and literally, the first thing you see when you open that closet door is my Kathy Hilton costume. You know, like I did Kathy Hilton on my Instagram account once, and I don't know if you guys saw it on my Instagram, but I had like I had like a lady's top, like a long blonde wig, some earrings, or whatever. I also have that with my Dorinda costume, which one time I went online and did like a Dorinda drag or whatever from The Real Houses of New York. And so that's like the first thing you see. And so I'm like quick, quickly grabbing my wig collection and like trying to move it, you know, so they're not judging me. Which, not that I care, but you know what I mean. It's like I was trying to explain this is my Kathy Hilton. <laughs> that's my Kathy. You know, and they're not even understanding. They don't watch The Real Houses of Beverly Hills. They should. They're missing out if, because they're not watching it. But I tried to say to these gentlemen, I said, that's my Kathy Hilton." They didn't understand. Then I moved that out of the way. And then what's the next thing you see? Uh, my Rosie O'Donnell show denim jacket uh, from 1997. I don't know when it's from. I, that's when they probably made them. You know, I got it much later than that. But I have a denim jacket <laughs> that just has a big Rosie O'Donnell show decal on the back. And it was like folded neatly. You know, I have that... St- stashed away in a nice little corner of the closet for safekeeping you know i don't have it in a garment bag maybe i should uh but it was just sort of like nicely folded in the closet so they could see and i was like oh that's my rosie o'donnell show denim jean jacket let me get that out of your way you know so it was a rough rough day you know i don't I don't know what they were thinking, but, um, you know, maybe I'll find out. I got to talk to the building managers, see if they heard anything from the workers about my closet, because there's some, uh, a lot of stuff in there that maybe one hasn't seen in quite some time, uh, like my denim Rosie O'Donnell jacket and my Kathy Hilton. Um, but, you know, if you hear the drilling, if you hear the banging, I'm sorry, nothing I could do about it. But we're going to get through these shows. We're going to get through the... Um we're going to get through the recaps. And I'm, again, hiding in the corner. So hopefully you won't hear any of that banging or anything. Uh, but we got to talk about The Real houses of Beverly Hills, you guys. I thought this week was so, so good. I love this stuff that's unfolding the murder mystery of it all with the bamboozled Jane, the Tommy Two-Tones. And it's interesting to me how they're even presenting it because I'm trying to figure out like, how does Bravo feel about all of this? And it seems like we're starting to get to the point of the show where we're just really leaning in and trying to empathize and sympathize with Erica Jane. And I'll be honest with you, I've taken a lot of heat. You know, a lot of people have reached out to me and said, you know, you're so hard on Erica Jane. You do not like her and all this other stuff. And I'm just trying to give my opinion here. I'm trying to tell you what I see. So I want to try to come at this uh in a a fair way this week. However, I'm still not buying it. <laughs> I don't know. I, I feel skeptical of it all. And I think the problem that I'm having is like the disconnect between the Erica we're seeing on this TV show, which is crying and saying, my life's not okay, and it's not gonna be okay. And she's got the runny mascara last week, which a lot of you pointed out that the runny mascara in the scene where she was with Kyle on those fucking tree stumps, a lot of you are pointing out she never wore uh, waterproof mascara until now. She's filming the scene, filming the scene on the tree trunk with Kyle. Suddenly, she's got the mascara dropping down her face like she's Lauren Conrad on the Hills. So, look, a lot of you pointed that out, and I, I, you know that's something to be. Uh, we should look into. We should figure that's something that something. You know, maybe the authorities could look into. I'm not sure, but I'm having a disconnect with this Erica, that version of her on this TV show, and then the one on social media who's who's doing these memes and talking about being an ice queen. And I mean, there's a disconnect that's happening and it's like, well, which is it? which one do you want us to think you are? Are you this hard ask that can take anything that is, uh, you know, tough as nails and innocent and all of the stuff, or are you this person who is not okay and it's not going to be okay. And you just need your friends and you're sad and everything. It just feels like a big disconnect. And I get there. We all have layers as human beings So maybe at the point of filming, that's the Erica she was, and now she's a different Erica. But as I'm watching it play out, I just feel that it's too large of a disconnect for me to really empathize with this person. And I want to. I would love it. I I want to believe that she's completely innocent. She had no idea about the bamboozlement of orphans and widows. But I just – I don't know and maybe we'll uh, – by the end of the season, I'll have a different answer. Maybe I'll feel differently and I'll feel like she is innocent. But as of right now, I don't quite feel that way. And then I also feel like there's this disconnect and I think we talked about this on the show before. But on something like Watch What Happens Live or some of the other uh, housewives, when you hear them in interviews and it seems like they're very much riding hard and have her back – uh And then we're reading the facts and we're seeing the documentary and reading the blogs and stuff. And those are such different facts uh, or such different opinions of of what happened in this case that I think we're all sort of looking at it like uh, trying to figure out where we fall. Uh, But I don't know if I'm even making sense now. I don't even know if I'm making sense. The truth will come out in the wash, though. We'll figure it all out. The courts will. (laughs) The courts will figure it all out for us. I hope. Anyway, um, this week we open on Rinna. Uh She's with her dog who was just recently fixed. I'd like to see more of that dog. I feel like we never really get much of uh, Rena's dog. Where's the dog? Looks like a cute dog. We got a little bit of Erica's dog later in the episode, you see. I thought she was bringing that dog to Palm Springs to the La Quinta Inn. Um, she didn't, but they're apparently going to the La Quinta for two days. And I told you last week I was really concerned that they were going to stay at the La Quinta Resort that they stayed at for the Bachelorette, but they're staying at Kyle's beautiful Palm Springs house. However, some of the women, Crystal, Garcelle, and Erica, I believe, are staying at, I think, the La Quinta Inn Playgrounds where the Bachelorette was. We didn't see the playgrounds yet, but I'm very nervous about it. Very concerned. Um, but let's see, they all get ready to go to this the weekend. And I got to say, this house is beautiful. The Beverly Hills women are just delivering. And I know we're going to talk about New York in a little bit. But I do have to just point out that hotel that they're staying at in New York, and I'm very sorry, I, I took a lot of heat on Twitter uh, the other day, because I was watching the New York Housewives. And I said... That the hotel that they're staying at in Salem, Massachusetts, it looks to me like one of those hotels that you'd see on the TLC channel for one of the child beauty pageants, like a preliminary round. And a lot of you, uh, you know, you took that to heart, and I get it, and I'm sorry. But I will say that I did some retcon, and I did find that they do do pageants there. Do do. (laughs) They do do pageants there. Uh So I am right about that. I don't know that they do child pageants. But look, that wasn't a knock. It just looks like a more commercial hotel. And on The Housewives, I've been watching these franchises for so many years. It's very rare for them to stay at a commercial hotel. Last season on Atlanta Housewives, remember they stayed at that one weird hotel in New Orleans, which New Orleans is a beautiful place. That's so not a knock on New Orleans. Or these hotels. They're just more corporate environments. And on The Housewives, I tend to like it when they stay at like A larger house or grounds, you know, estate on the real houses in New York. We've seen them stay in Miami and Cartagena and on Scary Island. Like those are big, vast houses. And so then being in Salem, Massachusetts, which is gorgeous, stunning, charming, beautiful, all of the good things. But to see them staying at a place where they do corporate retreats and stuff, it just felt sort of like claustrophobic to me. And yeah, I get it's a a small New England charming town. And so of course they're not going to be these big estates. But I, I ask you, like, then why are we filming a TV show in a place that feels so claustrophobic? Because that's one of the problems I'm having with the realness in New York, which we'll get to. Uh, but back on Beverly Hills, they are staying at Kyle Richards, her house, the goddamn house that she stole from Kim, if I recall correctly. <laughs> Remember that. Uh, you guys, have miss Kim. We got a little Kim flashback this episode of her eating some chocolate on Easter. And I thought, we need Kim back. I miss her. And I did watch What Happens Live last week, and I asked Andy, I said, is Kim going to be in a scene this year with Kyle and Kathy? Because I need to see it through all three of them together. So at first, Andy said, like, oh, yes, it's coming. There's a scene, I believe, with all three of them. Then he said later in the episode, he's like, actually, wait, I'm just remembering. Maybe there's not a Kim scene coming. And then at the after show, he corrected himself again and said, actually, he thinks she is coming. So, look... Uh, To be honest, I don't know what that means. We went back and forth on that quite a bit over the half hour with Andy. Uh, But I'm hopeful that means we're going to get a Kim scene. And that's what I think we all need is just one with all three of them. Because this dynamic between the Richards sisters, uh, nay Richards and Hilton sister, is just fantastic. I mean, it's my favorite part of these whole episodes. And we're getting all this wonderful courtroom drama stuff. But honestly, it's the sisterly relationship between Kath and Kyle that I'm loving most. Ba da ba ba ba, I am loving it. <laughs> okay, so then we cut to Erica's clubhouse. Now she says it's an expense I do not need, and she said part of part of me is sad since I left. I have not received one dime from Tom Girardi. I am on a budget now. Then they show this flashback. That was one of the saddest flashbacks. I know we've seen a lot. It you know they're showing us a lot of sad scenes with Erica Jane, but I will say the saddest was when she was in that kitchen of her new apartment or whatever the townhouse. And she's telling Mikey Minden they got to put the glam on the table. You know, they're in the kitchen on the island. He's like, she says something like, oh, yeah, we're gonna have to put like the makeup on the table. And you could just see Mikey Minden's eyes like, (laughs) rewind the clip, rewind the tape, because Mikey Minden was like, get me the fuck out of (laughs) here. They're probably friends, you know, and I'm sure he would never say anything bad. But... I did see through his eyes, and I felt like we got a glimpse. Like, you know on that show That's So Raven when they do, like, a close-up of raven Simone's eye and, like, she, we see her sort of thinking and having a premonition or having, like, a, a psychic moment? I feel like that's what we got from Mikey Minden. Like, if it, it almost could have paused and, like, zoomed into one of Mikey Minden's eyes, and it would have been, like, the inside of his brain was like, what the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck? Like, I feel like that was what he was thinking in that moment. She's like, it's on the table. Anyway... So uh, she's got to be on a budget now. And look, again, I'm finding this disconnect very tough. You want me to have sympathy for this woman, but her logo, which they showed in the scene at her clubhouse that she had for her business, her logo was what was called the pretty mess, and the mess has the dollar signs in it. So it was like flashing wealth in our faces. Meanwhile, we're finding out, which may or may not be true, again, this is all alleged, but we're finding out that that money that was funding that career was from these people who does who whose money it was. These these victims of these horrific crimes uh, didn't get their money because we were funding this clubhouse and this neon sign that says "Pretty Mess" with money signs in it. So it's just a hard disconnect. She did say everything comes to an end. And look, I I, I hope I just want justice for the victims. We all do. We all do then we cut to kyle's house the goddamn house she stole from kim so kyle the splits richards is already there and um she says oh rinna's the first to arrive and apparently rinna's staying in the casita which every time i hear the word casita now don't we all think of long island gina from the real house of orange county i don't even know if we've talked about this but how the fuck is gina <laughs> i love gina and i'm glad she's still around next season But it's truly shocking. I mean, if we're going to talk about biggest surprises and shocks in Housewife history, it's the fact that Emily and Gina are still around. They cleaned house, and those two are still standing. Those two are still standing like Rod Stewart. Um, Is he the one that sings that song? I'm still standing. No, that's Elton John. No, you know what? Both those legends are still standing, so we're going to give it to them. (laughs) Both Rod Stewart and Elton John are still standing. Um, and I feel like Rod Stewart covered that song at some point. Unclear. That's not the point. The point is, Rena stay in the casita, and it's a beautiful house. Dorit arrives. Dorit and Kyle hug because they got the antibodies. Kathy arrives with the biggest candle I've ever seen, and she's Kathy's kind of pissed. She's like, I drove here. I never drive. I drove here myself. I never drive. Kyle, I drove here. Do they have a man who can help me with my bags? My bags are heavy. Kathy, just a <laughs> also i mean i love kathy but it was like we're at your sister's house like not this is not a marriott um or a hilton property Uh, but i love that she just wanted someone to carry the bags and you know god bless kathy the fact that she arrived with that big ass candle i thought i would love to invite kathy to my house one day because i want that candle uh you know it's like nothing better nothing better than that biggest candle and that's you got to be rich to have one of those candles. You know, I buy the 3 wicks at Bath and Body when they got the sale 12.50 per candle. Um but Kathy is buying this thing that that's the size of I don't know 10 candles, 10 3 wicks. It's like they melted a whole Bath and Body Works uh 3 for 1 sale into one candle and Kathy brought it as a housewarming gift, God bless. Wonder what it smelled like. Sometimes I wonder you know about candles. I'm sorry we got to talk about candles for about 10 minutes. Ten more minutes, we're going to be talking about candles. But sometimes I wonder, like, I feel like the richer candle you get, either like the less scent they have or like the more kind of fancy scent. Because usually when I'm picking out my three wicks from Bath & Body when they got the sale, I'm getting these scents that I don't see anywhere else and that I like. You know, I like in the fall, they got the sweater weather. Bath Body's got the pumpkin uh, cinnamon latte or they got the, you know, the pumpkin donut waffle. You know, they always are, like, combining desserts, too, now. I notice they're doing a whole lot of that with Bath & Bodies. It's like it's always, like, a pecan waffle pancake. And I'm like, who eats a pecan waffle pancake? Like, pick one one of those three. It either smells like a pecan, a pancake, or a waffle. But it shouldn't smell like all three. Anyway, I'm noticing that with those candles, where it's just, like, we're loading all sorts of things in those now. And I love them. I love them. But then I go to look for another candle at, like, a more high-end place, and it's always just, like, lavender. And I'm like, Bath and Body, they don't even sell like a lavender candle. You got to get like lavender, cloud, waffle, lemon zest, uh, cinnamon. You know, it's like all of those. And then it's like, what? no one even knows what the fuck it smells like. But you light it and you like it. Uh, anyway, so I don't know. I got to figure out this. I love a candle. But I got to figure out what kind of candle I'm supposed to be buying in my adult years. Am I not supposed to be buying Bath and Body candles? Like, should I graduate into a different kind of candle? I do love nest candles. I feel like those are a little bit higher end. But they're expensive, too. It's expensive. But I do love a nest. What are we talking about here? Oh, this show. Real Houses of Beverly Hills. Oh, so Sutton and Crystal are sort of okay now. Although Crystal says I'm happy to be staying at a hotel. She doesn't want Sutton barging in on her with the coat. You know, so I get that. Um, Then it's revealed that the government froze Tom's assets uh, two million because they found $2 million was being used inappropriately. That's what was reported. And then Dorit says, imagine not being able to take money out of your own account. I had it happen to me once when PK was being sued. That was scary. This seems a lot bigger and more serious than everything I've gone through. So Dorit really earned her paycheck with that one line where she just said that this whole situation seems uh, much more serious than anything she went through. And as she's talking about this whole thing, this reveal about the courts freezing the accounts, she does say, get my phone, let's just read the news. So they were trying to like relay what was happening in the situation with Tommy Tutone's. And eventually, Doreen was just like, get my phone, we're going to read it. And I thought, you know what, that's what we need to read. She hasn't been on this season much, but that was enough, that confessional and that little scene where she read the news from her phone. That's what we need. This franchise, I'll be honest with you, this franchise just has a lot of energy right now. I feel like more energy than we're getting on the New York, and that's making New York even harder for me. And again, I know they filmed during COVID, I get it. It was tough, must have been challenging filming, but Beverly Hills, there's like an electricity in the air. And when we get to New York, it's just feeling like, oh, Sonia's drunk again. Like, I hope she wakes up. Like, that's what I feel like we're getting over in New York. Not to laugh at that, you know, we all want the bus for Sonia Rita. But that's the vibe over there. And then Beverly Hills, it's like they all sort of like have a lot of energy on camera. They all have a lot of energy, and I'm loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I'm really loving that. Okay, so that's when we cut to Erica with the dog. The dog poops in the yard, and she's like, got to clean that up, too. (laughs) Made me laugh. It did make me laugh. Uh, Kathy's really excited about this little getaway because it's the eclipse. You know, she says, "Uh, today's the eclipse. Didn't you notice how windy it was? And so I didn't know that was related. Like when there's eclipse, it's windy. And I'm not even sure that's a fact, but you know, I love that Kathy said it. Love that she said it. Jagger. Meanwhile, Jagger is doing a lot of good work. Give him a diamond. Dorit's son, Jagger. Give him a diamond. I love that. He's doing more than Dorit this season. He's being a little messy. He's being, he's calling on the phone. He's getting in the mix. Give him a diamond. Uh, Then, oh, they're getting ready for dinner. Kyle's going to make this lasagna. Kyle and Arena do some eggplant work at the sink. Um,
1: I like dick.
0: They did (laughs) a lot of eggplant. They were doing a lot of jokes at the eggplant. A lot of eggplant work. Um, Kyle's like, where's my onion? Kathy's like, why are you going to put onions in the lasagna? Kyle says, well, I'm famous for my lasagna. I cook it that way all the time. And then Kathy says, how come I've never had it? And then they talk about that feud that all happened and stemmed from the American Woman show that got canceled right away, which I none of us watch. But I think if Kathy would have been on this program, we've got to know Kathy, I would have tuned in to American Woman. Now I want a reboot. Like, give me a reboot. I know I didn't watch it initially, but I'm ready to watch it now. Is one of the streamers, can they pick it up? We need to figure that out. Let's see. Oh, this was also funny. When they're talking about the Kathy and Kyle dynamic, Kyle says she's in our confessional. She's like, our dynamic is so great. Now we're back to speaking all the time and laughing a lot. And as she's talking, they're using that voiceover over footage of the two of them in the house. And the footage they're showing us is just Kyle showing Kathy some carrots. <laughs> it's just literally Kyle holding up a bunch of carrots and the voiceover is like, we're laughing so much now and we're having a great time together. And it was just funny to me. Like that was the, cause they weren't laughing at all. It was just like footage of Kyle showing Kathy carrots. Like she was fucking Bugs Bunny. What's up, doc? Like there was no joke though. It wasn't even as funny as a Bugs Bunny sketch. You know, it, it didn't even have that, that sense of humor, but the voiceover was telling us like, oh, we're laughing a lot now. And that disconnect really just cracked me up. Go watch it back again. Like, it's just Kyle, like, we're getting along so well now. We're laughing a lot. And then just Kyle with the carrots. Just with the carrots. And I don't know if she put those carrots in the lasagna unclear. I hope not. I know they did one vegan one, or one vegetarian lasagna one, uh, meat one. But I don't know that they should put the carrots in it. I'm not interested. I don't like when people just throw the vegetables in a dish uh, willy-nilly. Remember Jessica Seinfeld, you guys? Remember Seinfeld, Jerry Seinfeld's wife? She, for a while, was doing all these books, or the whole point of the books, it was like hiding vegetables in your kid's food. And it's like, nobody wants, I don't even like a carrot and a carrot cake. I know that's in the title, carrot cake, but I don't even want a fucking carrot in there. If I want cake, I want cake. I don't need a carrot in there. And Jessica Seinfeld, for a long period of time in the early aughts, you know, around 2010, Jessica Seinfeld was putting vegetables in everything. And I'm like, you need to cool it. She was on every talk show, everything, promoting her, her uh, cookbooks. And every single one, she's like, she'd be like, I'm making chocolate chip cookies and I'm going to hide a zucchini in it. And it's like, we don't need a zucchini in that. If I'm going to have a chocolate chip cookie, I just want a chocolate chip cookie. Or even like regular food, she'd be like making mashed potatoes in and be like, then cauliflower mashed potatoes. I don't want to mash cauliflower. Enough, Jessica Seinfeld. I blame her for all of it. All of it. All of life's problems, quite frankly. I blame Jessica. I don't even know if that's her name. Is it Jessica Seinfeld? Unclear. Uh, But I do blame her for all of life's issues at this point. Then, um, let's see, Erica, she arrives, she cries. That's when she says, it's not okay, it's not going to be okay for a long time. And uh, Kathy says, have you talked to Robert Shapiro? And Erica's like, I know Bob really well. And then she says, he's maybe Team Tom. You know, some of the people that they knew in their relationship, some are going to be for Tommy Tutton, some are going to be for Erica, or some of them probably don't even want to get involved. Um, But then Erica starts talking about Tom being mentally unwell. She says, I said it forever no one will listen to me. You know, I know we talked about this, but I, I always thought like the narrative on this show was like how with it he is and how smart and how even though he's 80 years old, he's so together. That's what she, I felt like we were always being told. And so now it is hard to like adjust. And, you know, maybe we need to adjust. I don't know. Um, But Erica says she's getting dragged into all of it. And then uh all these women—they talk about. Uh, I think it was Dorit who said it's very normal for husband and wife to not know the business dealings. And I think she, she said, "I don't think Tom married Erica for her accounting skills." Ooh, you guys, I loved that. <laughs> I mean, they're throwing some shade in the confessions. They don't even know it. That's what I think is really fun about this season. It's like Kyle said some, some something. Later in the episode, Dorit said that in the confessional. I feel like they're not even realizing that they're shady because it's all unraveling before us. Kyle even, the shade Kyle threw, she said, when it was hard, Erica detached because it's easy for her to detach. We've seen it. Ugh, you guys. Goosebumps. Goosebumps. It's a cautionary tale, you guys. You got a a Kathy even at one point. I love my dear Kathy, but she said, look, my saying my husband puts documents in front of me. I just sign it. And I was yelling through the TV screen like you just don't sign everything. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and my right, you don't just sign anything that's in front of you. Read it over. Have someone look at it. Y'all need to be careful. I get it. There's different dynamics in every relationship, but be very careful what you sign. And be very careful. Very careful. Let's take a quick break here and come back and talk about The Real house And then, oh, so they're talking about all this stuff. And then Sutton reveals my dad. She, she's asking Erica, like, how are you doing with the holidays? Like, it's Christmas time. How are you doing? She says, my dad shot himself two days before Christmas uh, when Sutton was only 32. And she said, when tragic things happen during the holidays, tradition helps you through. And I thought that was very wise. And, and actually, I totally got that. You know, I'm someone, even a, obviously I haven't th- been through something like that. But I always find the holiday seasons I love so much. Because even if I'm going through a hard time, like mentally or, or something like that, I can hold on to those silly traditions that are like a yearly thing. So, I, you know, I, I thought that was very wise. And then we got a flashback scene, uh, scene from last season of Sutton talking to her mom, who's very beautiful, by the way. And it was very fascinating. She says, "I don't miss uh, my ex husband who, unfortunately, killed himself." and I thought all this was interesting and I wonder how it happened. I know at one point Sutton was supposed to be a full-time housewife and then they didn't let her be a full-time housewife because she couldn't show the kids or something. Um, So they did film that scene. I'm glad they got to show it because it was interesting. It made me want to see more of Sutton's mom. I want to know more. Um, Then Kathy and Kyle, they were doing a lot of fun stuff. I was having a good time when they were in the kitchen, you know, throwing that hard bread around. Kathy was like making music like she was in fucking stomp or what was that? You know, what was that stupid thing from the 90s where they used to bang on a trash can? (laughs) I hated that. I hated that. I'm sorry if some of you like that. I'm very sorry if I'm insulting, you know, if some of you like Stomp out there. Uh, But Stomp wasn't for me. Even as a young kid, I didn't like it. It made me uneasy. They were making music out of everything. And I don't mind if Dolly Parton's making 9 to 5 on her nails, but I don't need to see some out-of-work actors on a trash can banging the thing like a drum. Not interested. And I remember it was all the rage. It was like Michael Flatley's Lord of the Dance and Stomp. Like, you couldn't get away from it. Or Trans-Siberian Orchestra. The 90s were wild. But I'm not interested in people making a whole song out of a trash can. And here was Kathy, though. I would have saw a Kathy. If Kathy was in Stomp, uh, sign me up. Buy me a ticket. I'm calling up Ticketmaster because I would go to that show. Kathy should reboot Stomp, actually. Is that something we could do? Is that a thing we can make happen? Who do we call for that? Um, Who owns the rights to Stomp? Because I need to get them over to Kathy Hilton. Because she was making music on the hard-ass bread. I would watch that. And then she put the table together, and she just put the hard-ass bread with a lemon as the centerpiece. And it was cracking me up. It's just a bunch of old bread and a lemon. And it was like, that's the centerpiece. God, I love her. How do we get the rights to Stomp? We gotta figure that out I'm gonna write I'm gonna mark my calendar or write myself a little note.'m gonna write myself a note. um, so then Rinna just shows up in a sequin jumper. you know, Rena's not really offering much this season other than like a lot of loud noises and scene, but it really cracked me up when she walked in the scene. She's like, "Why not? You know, why not? You gotta wear this shit somewhere, and she wasn't wrong. She wasn't wrong, you know, you get clothes. you gotta wear that shit somewhere. Whether it's in the house, you know, I'm sure she got that in the mail. She ordered Maybe, you know, sometimes you're shopping online in the middle of the night and you order something and then all of a sudden comes to the doorstop and you're looking at it and you're thinking, why the fuck did I buy this? And you got to wear it. You don't want it to go to waste. So you put it on, you know, you put on that sequin jumpsuit and you walk around the house, the La Quinta house. And God bless. Okay, so then Dorit, she helped Kathy carry the luggage. And again, I don't think Kathy knows Dorit. You know, we we know that Kathy doesn't exactly know Dorit's name, and so I do feel that maybe Kathy just thought like Dorit was one of the house managers or something, because I just don't see. Even when uh, Dorit was helping Kathy, I felt like there was zero chemistry or connection between Kathy and Dorit, and I loved it. I loved it, and I was proud of Dorit too. I thought good for her helping her. Let's see, Erica talks about her hot tub and pool. She said oh, she turned on her new hot tub or pool for three days and then she got the bill and she was like, oh, it's too much. And then she reveals that she kept Tom's uh, pool heated for 20 years and didn't care. And I thought, that's the issue. That's what the issue is for all of this stuff. Because you just were throwing away other people's monies. Like I'm like, what is not connecting or clicking here? It's like, that's the issue of why Tommy Tutton is being sued because he was living in a household where the pool was just heated for 20 fucking years and being paid for on other people's dime. I mean, that, like, I couldn't imagine the victims of these, of this, watching this show. I mean, it must be just enraging because I'm getting enraged. It was like a, a laugh off joke of like, ha ha, I used to pay that, that bill and we never used it. And I'm like, that is oh, so upsetting, so upsetting. You know, she's no longer heating the pool, I guess. So we're supposed to feel a little bit bad that she can't heat her pool in her new house. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Um, Then Kyle, did you catch when Kyle broke the glass and then uh, Kathy was cleaning it up and she first of all asked for a dustbuster, and then she just started rubbing the glass with a barbecue brush. Oh, man. Every week, I tell you, the same thing every week. I say, I, there's no way she could top herself. Who is hunky-dory? And then here she comes in this week, rubbing the glass with the barbecue brush. Oh, I love her. Um, Then, oh, it's revealed that Drake follows Lisa Rinna. She catch that. Drake, champagne poppy, follows dear Lisa Rinna Duster. Oh, I love it. I love this show. I am feel re- revitalized from this show more than ever before I feel like this show is firing on all cylinders this season it's so good I love talking about it I feel alive like Celine Dion Um, okay so then they all sit down for dinner and uh, Erica blows out the candle because Kathy's like oh it's Eclipse blow out the candle and like make a wish and so Erica blows it out and she says in her confession she's like I'll blow out a candle she said I'll do quaaludes I'll do whatever it takes she says except for go to confession and I thought uh oh that was a smoking gun to me. She said, she said, I'll do anything but go to confession. I thought, uh oh. Uh oh. Okay, so they're all sitting down and Erica thanks everyone for being the friends and and then Kyle says, What's gonna happen to Erica Jane? She says, I don't know, she's expensive. It's expensive to be her. Pretty mess. Um, but there's no spousal support. And uh Rinna talks about how sharp Tom was a year ago, and they showed that flashback to last year when they all went to that house. And Tommy Two-Tones told that story about being in a John Wayne movie or whatever the fuck he was talking about. You know, I'm I do unclear. But Rinna says in the confessional he was so with it, and maybe we just didn't know. Then they all talk about people with dementia and Alzheimer's being mean and mad, and then it's revealed that Tom had this car accident three years ago, but... Erica didn't tell him the rest of it. Apparently he crashed and broke his ankle, but he was also unconscious for 12 hours, but called him or called her. That was what confused me. She said something like, he called me and I I assumed that he was with another woman because I hadn't heard from him. And I was thinking, did he call from like the hospital? Because I thought, then she also made it seem like she found him on the road. I thought she said she found him unconscious. So it's like, Well, wait. Did he call you, or did you like stumble upon him unconscious? And then he was like away from the car. None of that really made sense. And even Sutton said this car story is so confusing to me. And it was confusing to me too. I don't know. I I, maybe I was hearing it wrong or something. And but I was like, did you find him, or did he call you? Which is it? Which is it? Uh, And then Erica says, you guys have no idea what I've been living through. After Yolanda divorced David, Erica says she opened up his phone and found evidence, texts, pictures between Tommy 2 and another woman. I don't know. I don't know. Erica didn't think she could go anywhere. She didn't think she was good enough. And I don't, you know, women, ladies, you got to have self-esteem, better self-esteem. Because, And gentlemen, all of you out there, you got to have better self-esteem because you don't want to be trapped in a relationship. You know, you, you don't deserve someone who's going to bamboozle orphans and widows. Okay? You need to get a good man. So if you're in a relationship with a man who you suspect is going through dementia and bamboozling orphans and widows, time to get out. Time to get out. Now, I'm not here to give relationship advice. I'm not an expert. But I will say if you're in a marriage and you're finding that the man is being very mean as his dementia continues and you find out that he's stealing from orphans and widows as well as practicing law when he shouldn't be, then maybe you should file for divorce. I'm just saying. Or at least check in with somebody, a professional, who maybe can give you some sound advice. I don't know. uh, That's where it all ends. Uh, You know, She says, I will be okay, but I'm not okay right now. And then Sutton says, who would like some pancake cake? And to that I'd say, I would, Sutton. And I want to know what pancake cake is, because it looked delicious. Oh, it really also ended with Rina saying that Scott Disick is Rina loves Scott Disick being in her daughter's life. You could tell. You could tell she likes it. Anyway, you guys, that was uh, that was this week's episode of The Real House of Beverly Hills. Shall we talk about New York? I need some. <laughs> you guys, that was a clip of Ramona from the mid-season trailer of The Real House of New York, which, again, I had already talked about. It wasn't super thrilling to me. I had just rewatched the mid-season trailer for the season in Cartagena, and it was so, so good. And then to watch this season's mid-season trailer, which just seemed sort of all over the place. And I, I think the main problem is just the cast chemistry seems really off. But that moment of Ramona saying uh, she was dressed as Leah, apparently there's going to be a party or something where they all dress up as each other. Uh, Louanne dresses as Ebony when she was walking down the staircase, and she's like, "I'm Ebony, a lawyer, or whatever." I think we were all concerned Luann was going to walk in like she did that one Halloween, remember? Um, so the fact that she didn't, I think, was a, a big relief, and we could all take a deep breath. But Ramona dresses Leah, saying, "I need some hot." <laughs> c- <laughs> it, it reminded me of her saying,
1: "I like, dick. I, c- I like dick. I need some hot. I like dick. I need some." <laughs> I like dick. I need some hot I need some hot I like dick. I like dick. I like dick. Like like
0: <laughs> I'm sorry, I shouldn't be allowed The soundboard. Uh, I feel like I should do a song remix of those two. Um, but it made me laugh. It really, really made me laugh. Anyway, these women are still in Salem, Massachusetts, and... Apparently, the night before, Sonia and Brashan got in a physical altercation, and we get all of this information in a flashback. We do know last week they weren't getting along, and Brashan was calling Sonia a clown, which, again, we all love Sonia. We want the best for her. But at a certain point, I do think somebody needs to call out some of this behavior, because I think we all worry. And sometimes I feel like I'm watching this show, and it's like, are, is no one going to step in here? Like, is no one? Because and we've had a lot i mean remember that season where bethany i think it was in atlantic city where uh, sonia was super drunk and she's like what are you doing here without dorinda that was that season and remember bethany like sat her down the next day and there's all these like things about like the vitamins she takes and the water pills and how she has healers with her but again no professional there was one point in this episode where the uh psychic they were sitting down talking to her was like you can't just see a healer like you need to see a professional someone who's trained and has a degree or whatever the the woman was saying to Sonia and I'm like yes somebody needs to say that to her uh, but it's hard to watch that side of Sonia because we we just love her so and she's so great when she's sober and so to see her drunk like that but so Brashan called her like kind of a clown and I actually thought like what Brashan said to Sonia was really not that bad compared to what she, you know, she's just meeting this person for the first time and Sonia was drunk and, you know, and uh, Brashan had been drinking too. But so what's interesting to me is that this episode, we got all of that stuff in a small, short little flashback. And this season is so bad and it was so weird to me why they showed it in a flashback because it was like, that seems to me like one of the most interesting things that happened this season. And it was shown to us in that sort of like sepia or whatever, gray footage flashback. And I'm like, this is what we're getting? I mean, I don't understand it. I don't understand. You know, I love the Bravo producers, editors. They're all genius, brilliant. We love them. Give them Emmys. Um, But this season, some of the choices, I'm thinking, what's going on? (laughs) What What the fuck's going on? In the words of Dorinda, what the fuck's going on? Uh, anyway, Sonia, I hope I hope she gets the help. Apparently, they want to do an intervention. They did eventually do an intervention with Sonia at a bar, which, <laughs> I mean, the irony of that. Leah and Ramona and Luann were like, we need to sit, we need to sit Sonia down and have a little intervention. And it was like, after Sonia had already ordered an espresso martini, they were like, oh, that's a good time to talk to her about her drinking, her excessive drinking. I don't understand. And then Lou, you guys, we got to talk about this too. Luann kept saying like, "Oh, I got in trouble for much worse." She kept. Did you hear her say that? She kept saying to Sonia, "I worry about you because i've I've gotten in. I've done much. uh, I've much less and had much worse trouble." And I'm thinking like, Luann, do you forget what happened to you? Because she did barge into a stranger's room. And then when the police escorted him out, she, like, kicked him or or tried to get out of her handcuffs, and then, you know, she was uh, arrested for assaulting a police officer. And so it's like, Luann, what world was Sonia getting drunk? And yes, Sonia did have a glass-breaking incident with, like, the fire extinguisher or something in that hotel, but it wasn't quite the same of her going into a stranger's room and then uh, getting in a fight with police officers. So I don't know what Lou was – what was going through Lou's head. But Luann, too, isn't really bringing much this season, you guys. I'm not really seeing... I know everyone online is saying, oh, Ramona needs to go, or this person needs to go. And I'm thinking, like, what is Luann really giving us at this point? And I want more for Luann, and I hope she brings us something. And she really has uh, driven the season for, like, three or four years. So I understand that maybe Luann needs a little bit of a breather, a little bit of a break. But I'm not really finding Luann giving us much this season. At least, uh, like, Sonya and Ramona, I feel like, are are kind of, like, doing something, not saying it's all great, but it's something's there um anyway, what else is going on? Oh, they did a lunch too. They went on a long lunch ride, and it was wasn't it so bizarre They were in this bus and it was like a, they drove all this way to go to a lunch that nothing really happened at the lunch. This whole trip just feels claustrophobic to me. I feel like we're in that bus a lot. We're in these small lunch places a lot, and then also like the glam is weird to me. I know we've talked about this before, but they all look like those monsters ink people. And the glam seem, seemingly is only there for Leah and Ebony, and I don't quite understand for this kind of trip having the glam there. And I don't know, with the Roni women, I don't love seeing the glam on Roni. I know we've been through this a couple seasons ago with Tinsley. Remember, she brought the glam out, I don't know, maybe Miami trip or something. But I like the Ramona women, or the Roni women to just be do The Ramona women, I said. <laughs>
1: I like Dick.
0: Um, I like the Roni women to just be doing their own hair and makeup. And so when I'm seeing this glam squad who, uh, in the height of COVID, are having to do these women's hair and makeup, it's just tough to see. I, it's uncomfortable to watch. Like, And it seems like, they're, is it just Lee and Ebony doing the glam? Because I haven't seen anyone else doing the glam this season. I, I Maybe at Ramona's house they were all doing it? I'm not sure, but it's all sort of strange to me. And then Sonia did snap at Ramona. Um, she said, shut the fuck up, Ramona. And Sonia does seem to be snapping more at Ramona and Luann, which I do appreciate because I think that they do treat her poorly sometimes, and I want to see her – I I want better things for Sonia. But, you know, Sonia's going through it, obviously. And then also we're sort of acting – she did say that they're being judgmental, and she said, I don't drink alone, I don't drink at home, I don't drink on dates. And she was very defensive about this whole intervention thing. And then she says, I have open channels of professionals that I do all the time. She says, I do telemedicine. <laughs> and she thinks they're being a broken record. But I don't know if you guys remember that that news story, which I think they maybe flashed on the screen this season or last season, where Sonia was in Philly and like she had gotten kicked out of a bar because she was so drunk. And I just feel like we're all ignoring these signs. And I want us all to not look back and say... Were we just being, uh, we ignoring all these signs with our dear Sonia Rita? Like, we need the best for her. And I don't know what that means, but somebody needs to step in at some point. Like, we all need to realize that this is an issue, because it's an issue. And I feel like we can't all just keep ignoring it for much longer. And I, you know, I'm sorry to say that. You know, I love her. I love her. Anyway, um, what else is going on? Oh, then they do that seance sort of thing. The woman, I don't know what her name was. I'm calling her Sabrina the Rony Witch, but she said, I'm going to light some incense to raise the vibrations in the room. <laughs> uh, and then one of the light fixtures, I swear, one of the producers just dropped the light fixture because he needed a moment. He was like, something needs to happen here. And they dropped the light fixture, and then everyone was like... <laughs> <laughs> they needed something to happen. That's how I felt about Breshawn, too. I felt like one of the producers stepped in and was like, okay, Breshawn, we need we need something to happen. And so the producer stepped in, and... Uh, You know, told her to make a little bit of a mess, and I appreciated that last week. Anyway, it was so fascinating. We got to learn a little bit more of Sonia and this scene with the seance or whatever you call it. I don't know what it was called, but learning more about Sonia and her dad and then Ramona and her brother. And I thought that was all so interesting. And we've been with uh, Sonia for so many years, and I feel like we've never once heard about her dad. And Ramona, too. I don't really recall hearing about Ramona's brother. I know we've heard about Ramona's dad. And it seemed like Ramona... Did you see that family photo Ramona brought on the trip with her? It seemed like maybe she thought she was going to meet with these people and then have a conversation with the dad, and then it was the brother coming in. She said she pushed him away. It was all very fascinating. Leah rightfully pointed out in her confessional, she said, you know, getting to know these women and learning about why they act the way that they act. I need some hot... (laughs) Leah Leah was right. (laughs) I need some... That will never not make me laugh. Um, I need some hot cack. Anyway, uh, Leah's dress was on backward, which also reminded me of Valerie Cherish. Anyone who watches the comeback from HBO, Valerie Cherish. It reminded me of when Val did that at the Golden Globes. Anyway, that's the end of the episode. Then we get the mid-season trailer. Something about Garth. Ebony's finding more about her dad like she's in Mamma Mia 3. Ramona Sings. Uh, and then they dress up as each other, and then Ramona says it at dinner, I wish I was born Jewish. Ugh. Some of this is cringe, you guys. I can't believe she said that out loud. Or at all. Um. Anyway, Sonia snaps. That's the end of the episode, you guys. Real Housewives of New York, it's not delivering what it usually does. And I'd like to say it's all because of COVID, but honestly, Beverly Hills is delivering. If you're not watching Family Karma, one of the best shows on TV right now, they were during COVID times. Real Housewives of Potomac during COVID times. And I would also say that I believe and I hate to, eat, I, it pains me to even say this, but as as maybe not great as a season of Atlanta was or Orange County was last season, I sort of kind of maybe think that, I don't know, maybe they were still better than the Real Houses in New York this season. I'm not sure. I'm sorry to say that. Maybe I, I might change my mind. Who knows? We still got half a season left. Maybe they're going to turn this ship around. But as of right now, I think the main issue is it just feels like these women are all just sort of together, but I don't feel like they have any connection to each other. Roni always used to feel to me when it was Dorinda, Sonia, Ramona, Luann, that core group felt like they were genuinely friends. So when they got in an argument or something, you know, I mentioned that, that trip where uh, they, the poop cruise or where the, um, remember what do they call that? The boat ride from hell. Remember that trip? That was that whole episode where they're at the dinner table and it was like Bethany and Carol were fighting at one end and Luanne and Dorinda were fighting at the other end. Now, when uh that whole episode... Uh, I think the morning after that, Dorinda had confronted Luann at breakfast and said, you know, I almost got arrested for you, and I've always done this for you. And it felt like they were talking about stuff that happened off-camera and off the season. So it really gave like this sense of depth with women of like, oh, they're actually friends, they actually hang out, they're actually connected to each other. Whereas now the cast, I feel like none of them actually talk in the off-season. I feel like it's like Leah and Ramona seeing those scenes just feel very disconnected. I just feel like none of a, it's a weird group right now. And, uh, you know, I'm not quite feeling it, but you know, I still love the women. And as soon as they're off there, you guys are going to complain about it. You guys know me. As soon as the season wraps, I'm going to say, where are the women? I miss them. So that's, that's who we are. That's who we are. Anyway, you guys, that's the episode of this week's, uh, the real housewives of Beverly Hills and the real houses in New York. Uh, stay tuned. There'll be a new episode out on Sunday night after Potomac. We're going to try to, uh, in, in lieu of the Potomac recap last week, we had, or, or this week rather, we had an interview with Karen V. Huger, uh, the Grand Dame of Potomac. And I hope you guys listen. I thought it was a great chat. One of my faves, one of my faves. And I have some really great interviews coming up for you guys that I can't wait to share very soon. Uh, but in the meantime, stay tuned to the podcast feed. As always, there'll be two episodes out per week. Uh, And then there'll be a mix of interviews and recaps, uh, but we'll add the Potomac recaps in next week. Uh, It was just a little bit different this week because of the Karen V. Huger interview. I love decorating the house and getting furniture, but sometimes it could be overwhelming to design a space. And so luckily I'm here to tell you about a company called Cozy. Now Cozy is fantastic, a North American company that
1: That's stamps.com. Code program.
0: Okay, you guys, I love you. Uh, find me on social media at Danny Pellegrino on Twitter and Instagram. If you want to support this show and get the Sex in the City recaps, I'm doing them over at the Patreon page, which is patreon.com slash everything iconic. All you got to do is donate $4 or more per month, and you get access to the bonus episodes. So, uh, you know, I usually end the show by doing a cheesy little cool-down exercise, and... I just, uh, I just, I posted something on my Instagram account. So in lieu of reading one of my meditation cards, I just want to remind everyone, I, I had posted this on Instagram, but I listened to an interview with Oprah that Kristen Bell did. She, Kristen Bell, I, I suppose has like a new podcast. It was posted on like the Dax Shepherd feed, if that makes any sense. Um, so a lot of people were asking me where to listen to the full Oprah interview and someone had sent it to me, and so that, to my best knowledge, you could find it in the Dax Shepherd feed, but it's an interview with Oprah, who disperses so much wisdom, so much wisdom, and she was talking sort of about the power of saying no, and so I just wanted to wrap this episode up with that reminder, because I sort of have trouble with that. You know, when people, I I always want to please people, and Oprah calls it the disease to please, and I feel like I often have trouble saying no. And then when I end up getting somewhere that I said yes to, I get to that event or that function or that thing that I didn't want to do that I said yes to. And I'm not fully there. I'm thinking, why am I here? I I should be doing this other thing or I wish I was doing this other thing. And so I just want to remind you all of the power of saying no. No is a complete sentence and it's okay. Uh, You might let some people down. But as Oprah says in that interview, uh, you teach people how you want to be treated. And so if you keep saying yes to people, then they're going to keep coming to you with those same uh, those same asks. So of course, yes, we want to help our friends and we want to say yes to things. And the the point or the idea of it is not to say no to everything. The idea of it is just to say yes to the things that you really can put your heart and your soul into, and feel good about, and that will help serve your greater purpose. If that makes sense. So, mostly, I just want to encourage you to go listen to that. It was it was very a lot of great wisdom. Anyway, you guys, I love you so much for listening, uh, and uh, stay safe. Bye bye.